What's up, y'all? You've tuned in to Pop Politics with me, your host, Dr. Monique Alicia Gamble. I'm an assistant professor, a screenwriter, and a photographer. And this show is a fusion of two things that I love to talk about, pop culture and politics. So let's get to it. What's up, y'all? Welcome to episode nine of the Pop Politics Pod. Um, I am coming to you just after the Thanksgiving holiday and ahead of um, the really big part of, of the holiday season. And so this episode is really all about how to survive and how to thrive um, during this family holiday time. But before I go there, I want to talk a little bit about the drink of the week, which is really at this point more of a drink of the day because I don't hear from y'all don't hear from me every week. But it's a Trinidad Sour. Um, I'm obsessed with this cocktail right now. Um, my best friend told me not to spend <laughs> 20 minutes talking about the cocktail, but whatever. Um, it is an ounce and a half of Angostura bitters, half an ounce of rye whiskey, three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, and an ounce of this syrup that I just discovered when I learned about this cocktail, which I learned about from um, the Rob Report, really dope uh, luxury magazine. Um, but Orgeat Syrup, O-R-G-E-A-T, is an almond flavored syrup that also has um, orange blossom water or orange flower water um, in it. It's delicious, smells amazing, and um, creates really nice body for the cocktail. Um, I'll say that if you get a chance to try this, then then do. It's a, a really sort of complex cocktail uh, flavors that you don't get a chance to, to taste very often. Um, if you're going to make it at home, though, be mindful. You got two good cocktails in one bottle. Um, I mentioned that it's an ounce and a half of bitters. Your bottle only has four ounces, so use sparingly, um, use accordingly. Buy it at a bar, you know, but keep it in your repertoire for cocktails you know how to make. So cheers to the Trinidad Sour. Cheers to the cocktail of the day. Let's call it that. Um, I mentioned, you know, we are here to discuss um, how to survive and thrive during this holiday season. Uh, not specifically as a queer person, but as a queer person. <laughs> uh, sometimes I feel like um, our experiences with family and holidays can be extremely fraught. And I know that that, that experience isn't limited to queer folks, um, but that's my experience. And so I'm definitely going to kind of mention that a little bit. Um, <clears throat> but what brought me here initially is that over the holiday weekend, um, I watched King Richard and I watched um, The Harder They Fall. And I have to tell you, so first off, I'm like a week or two late on both of the films. Doesn't matter. They're, they're fantastic. Both of them were, were really enjoyable. Um, really, really loved them both. Um, I, I think I will venture to say that Idris Elba's character in The Heart of They Fall, I don't know, it's one of my favorite performances of him. I'm not uh, entirely sure why, uh, but I, I think maybe because it's sort of not overdone um, and it's a very kind of subtle performance for me. And I, I enjoyed that from him. I absolutely love Jonathan Majors as a leading man. Um, there's something about his portrayal of masculinity and vulnerability 
that I like. Uh, there's something that's really refreshing about the way that he carries that. Uh, you can't go wrong. You just can't go wrong with Regina King. She's amazing in, in so many things. We got to see her like grow and become this like mega star and this creator and producer and director of all these wonderful things. And so I'm super proud of her and love watching her do her work. Um, and there's other notable characters and actors. Um, the actor who plays Cuffy, I wish I could remember her name right now, but I absolutely love her. I love her in this role. I love um, her in this film. And so if you get a chance to watch The Heart of They Fall, definitely do that. Um, enjoyed it very, very much. And then King Richard. Um, when I'm th- when I'm thinking about these two movies, I, I I'm mentioning family and the they're like really complex family dynamics that that apply um, here. I recognize that um, since King Richard came out, you know, I did not know that Richard Williams had other children. That ain't my business, but those family dynamics are fraught uh, there as well. But what was beautiful was really to watch, at least in the way that this sort of dramatized film portrayed it. It was really beautiful to watch um, the love between parents or the love that parents have for their children and the belief in them that can really, you know, support and sprout these massive dreams um and then the 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 love shared between sisters that i just absolutely adored um and so that i thought that those both of those were were interesting um family dynamics i don't want to spoil the harder they fall too much but uh, spoiler alert um i will mention some things about it yeah, I'm not gonna spoil it. I'm not gonna spoil the whole thing. I, I I want you I want you to see it. Just just know that there are some difficult familial relationships at play here. Um, and so, you know, the ways that we love family and the distance that you have to keep sometimes is um, is what kind of came out of that for me. Uh, I also, so I watched The Heart of They Fall. I watched um, King Richard. And also Passing is on my, my list. It's queued up. Uh, the Nella Larson book by Nella Larson that was turned into a film with Tessa Thompson. Uh, I really want to see this one. And so watching the, the two films and then thinking about Passing really are, are what kind of inspired this episode. Because in this this context of passing it made me think about like how queer folks in particular are are often passing as straight at these family gatherings um and and what that must feel like like the the difficulty on both sides of that relationship the difficulty on both sides of that um dynamic of passing uh I was first introduced to to the book by uh, a woman that I consider to be a friend and mentor, Dr. Barbara Baker um, at Tuskegee University. Uh, Dr. Baker is a white woman, remarkable. Um, And she assigned us passing, which at the time was a, it was attached to uh, another of Nella Larson's books called Quicksand. And I actually don't remember Quicksand 
as uh, at all. Um, but I remember passing because it ignited such like robust and rich conversation in class that day. Um, so yeah, that, that notion of, of the sacrifices that have to be made in order for someone to pass are, is what's kind of embedded in my, in my head right now. As I think about like, uh, queer folks in particular having to go home, um, for the holidays or deciding not to go home for the holidays, deciding not to engage with family, um, around the holidays or deciding to pass, you know, as straight and, and, and pretend their lives are something different. I'm not here to kind of like wag my finger about which one is right or wrong, who does what, you know, whether you should be out, blah, blah, blah. It's more about like the, truly the, the complexity of the choices that have to be made in those instances. Thinking about what it means to not live your life authentically when you go around the people who supposedly mean the most to you, uh, the people who've known you the longest, the people who know you sort of in and out, the folks who will tell you, I knew you when you was knee high to a duck, you know, someone who I'm from Alabama. So <laughs> folks will say that, uh, where I'm from, but you get the picture folks who, who've known you for a very, very long time. And you don't, you can't live your, your full life or you don't feel comfortable. You don't trust, um, that they'll accept you in all of your fullness. And so you have to decide to live this farce of a life around them. That's a choice. And then there's the choice to, to be out and the risk that you take when you make that choice. Then it's, there's the possibility of, of going home, being shunned by family uh, or treated badly by family. There's the possibility of going home and being welcomed for sure. You know, uh, times are, are changing. Things are, are getting better here and there. And so there is definitely that possibility of going home and being welcomed and being treated kindly and being treated with love, like the way that you expect from family. And then sometimes you have to make the choice that you can't go because it's not safe for you, you know? So, so maybe you know that once you get there, what you will endure is toxic and you choose not to endure um, a, a toxic situation, you know, in on the like couple days <laughs> Uh, out of the year that you get off to like really kind of you know enjoy yourself really get rest really sort of rejuvenate so yeah I think about how difficult a choice that is to make on on both sort of sides or both instances here you know either you hide part of yourself um, in order to to be around people that you care about or you expose that part of yourself and you leave yourself up to you know whatever will come which could be awful you could blow the whole shit up um, just by, by being, saying that you're queer and showing up with, with, uh, someone that you care for, a loved one of yours, there's just, it's difficult. It's difficult. Um, and, and the, the, the choices and sacrifices that a person has to make, you know, in addressing family or trying to figure out how to deal with family, like it's, people deserve a little grace, y'all. Like those are, those are hard decisions to make. Yeah. Uh, you know, every year around this time on social media, I see the the conversation perks up about um, people sharing guidance and advice about how to navigate those spaces, um, you know, and what to do and, and saying essentially like, you know, if it's a, a bad situation, if it's toxic, like you don't have to go. Um, if, if it ends up being toxic, you know, here's 
something you can do to make it better or whatever. And, and I appreciate those messages so much because people need that kind of support. And so I'm definitely here to elevate that. I'm not here to say what someone should or should not do. The choice is yours. You know, you know your, your people um, better than anyone and you know, know yourself better than anyone's, anyone. So you know what it is um, that you can handle, the limits of what you can handle. So I think more than anything, I wanted to make this episode just about people knowing you have support, knowing that whichever choice you make is the right choice if it's the one for you. If it's the one that is consistent with your needs, your desires, what you feel in your heart, that's the right choice. Go with that one. And so, you know, just want to give people some support in that regard, right? Um, in the, the 11 years since I've been out to my family, uh, I've had, you know, I've, I've, I've experienced some of these things like firsthand. I've, I've, my experience has really run the gamut of um, all of the options that I just presented presented for what it's like um, to engage with family around holidays or, you know, um, in general. And I've kind of been all over the spectrum in terms of the the kinds of sacrifices that I had to make um, related to spending time with my family. And I'm going to list them off for you real quick. I wrote them down. So like, hold up. Uh, I described the period when I wasn't out to anybody and everything was cool. This this is the big easy. Nobody had no problems. You know, I show up. Family's happy to see you. Uh, there no question. There may be questions about like what's happening, where you are. I don't think anybody ever really asked me uh, who I was dating, just because I, I I don't think that anybody ever really wanted to open that Pandora's box. Um, and and since they didn't, I didn't. I didn't want to either. And so I I came home and I enjoyed my family. We had a great time. I left and I came back and lived my life, right? And so this is the period that I'm calling the big easy. And then there was the period where I was out to everybody but my family. And so I may come home and there was still no like queerness when I, when I came home. So there was nobody to, to kind of engage with on that level. Um, but you know, I had a girlfriend then like, um, had a whole, you know, a life, like I, I, I had a whole life and I had to kind of take these calls and, and, and be very kind of strategic about how I'm talking on the phone. Um, people are asking questions like who, you know, you call him baby things like that you know but they're asking those questions because there's a curiosity and they don't know because I'm not out to family um and so navigating those spaces that was difficult this is the the example I gave a second ago like hiding a part of yourself in order to maintain the ease uh of, of being at home and being around family and after that it was um when I was out to everyone including family and I was just trying to make people comfortable. Uh, I didn't want to kind of trouble the waters. I didn't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. Everybody knows now. The, um, the story kind of ran through my family like wildfire. Uh, so I knew people knew. Um, and I just didn't want to cause any trouble. You know, like things were difficult already. And so like, let me just 
come home and enjoy what little bit of time I can have with my family. And that lasted for a little while. And after that, it was, as I became more sort of um, unapologetic about who, who I am, um, it became harder for me to hide that part of myself. It, it became harder for me to pretend that all of this was okay. So, you know, in the previous kind of stages of this, I'm, I'm coming home. There's, I'm not telling people parts. And then I'm coming home and I'm telling people parts, but I'm hiding it. You know, and maybe I bring, you know, my girlfriend with me, but I, I don't, no one knows her as my girlfriend, but she's, you know, she's there with me. Because um, you could do that in college and you can do that in, in grad school. But you, it, there was, it was expected to some degree that you're going to bring home a friend. So I was able to kind of like pass it off like that. And then that just got uncomfortable. Like, I didn't want to do that. This is, I, this is someone that I love. It's a person that, I, that I'm, you know, really thinking about spending my life with. And so having these kind of like fake or they weren't fake relationships but not all the way above board explanations for who this very special person is in my life just didn't work for me anymore and so then once I got to that place um and I was no longer willing to kind of um concede to other people's comforts then it got difficult then I wasn't really welcome um, in the home that I grew up in with my girlfriend at the time. Um, and you know, that's tough to hear. You know, I'm an, I'm an only child. Um, my holidays were the three of us. I'm, I'm an only child. And then, um, the family, the side of my family that I was closest to, they're Jehovah's Witnesses. And so we didn't, you know, spend holidays together like that. And so the, the unit of my mom, my dad, and me was really, really, really important and really, like, central to who I was, you know. Um, even to this day, I, I struggle around Christmas time because I haven't spent Christmas with my, my parents. Um, we haven't spent Christmas with, with my parents in a very long time. Um, not because things are, are difficult. It's just how timing, you know, kind of works out. But um, that was hard. It was it was hard to hear, and you know, now that now that I have reconciled my private and public selves, now two of the most important people in my life are distant from me, and that was that was hard. That was very very hard to take. But the silver lining of all of this is now. I am welcomed home with open arms. My wife and I are welcomed home, enthusiastically welcomed home. Um, uh, my favorite aunt mentioned to me just recently, she's like, your, your cousin's like, when are y'all coming home again? My aunt, I mentioned to you that my, my, my family is Jehovah's Witnesses. And so the way that they have come around in some ways is is remarkable. And I'm like really, really grateful um, that we made it here. Because it wasn't assured, you know. Um, so that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, there were, were times when, yes, of course, I wanted to be around my family for, for holidays. I wanted to be around my family for whatever it was. But it wasn't safe for me. 
Um, and so when I talk about the sacrifices that you have to make, that's what I mean. You know, you want to be there, you love them, but it's not safe. It's not, it's not, I can't protect my peace this way. Um, I can't protect my like psyche this way. And I'm not willing to put myself up to the slaughter for family. I'm not willing to do that. I'm not in, 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 in this way, I'm not willing to do that. Um, and so that created, you know, a few years where several years where I, I made new traditions out of a curiosity and a desire to do that as, as, you know, growing up, being my own person and creating my own family. Um, but also out of necessity because I wasn't welcome. Um, and yeah, you know, I can't, I can't stress that enough. That's tough. It, it, it is it's tough to hear that. And it's tough to kind of sit with that and know that those things are true about people you, you deeply care for. So yeah, it's been a, a wild ride. Um, it's been a wild ride. And I imagine that for, I imagine that for, for plenty of folks, um, for queer folks in particular, you know, that coming out process is, you never know what that's going to look like on the other side. I think I've mentioned in a previous um, podcast episode, uh, one of my favorite holiday movies, which is random because it just came out. And um, yeah, it came out last year and I'm, I'm putting it up there because I enjoyed it very much. Um, but Happiest Season, um, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it with uh, Dan Levy, my boo, Dan Levy from um, Schitt's Creek and Kirsten Stewart. Kristen Stewart. I did this the last time too. I don't remember what, what that sister's name is, but there's this, this line that he gives her um, when he says to her, you know, you, you never know when you come out, you don't know what's on the other side of, of that. And you can't ever unsay those words. And so once you kind of pull that trigger, there is no going back. And there are lots of risks that are associated with pulling that trigger. But the fact that people still do it lets you know how sincere, how authentic an experience this life is. You know, nobody's nobody's doing this just for play. Nobody's doing this just to piss people off. Maybe some people are. Um, but, you know, for some of us, this, this, this life is real life. And there are real risks and real pains that are attached. Um, and also real triumphs, you know, um, when I, when I mention, when I say that it's a wild ride, um, you know, the last time my wife and I were home, we, my dad, uh, took us out shooting in the backyard. He made like a little wooden target for us to shoot in the backyard. He was so proud of my wife and, um, her targets, uh, her target shooting. Uh, we helped my mom make cupcakes. And when I tell you, uh, five years ago, None of this was possible. Um, it's 2021. Four years ago, three years ago, none of this was possible. The first time um, my wife and I went home for a holiday was Thanksgiving in 2018. And we hadn't spent a holiday with my parents since like 2007, something like that. So... It's been a wild ride, you know, but sometimes, sometimes there is something really beautiful on the, on the other end of it. 
in that time, I'll, I'll, I'll share with y'all like some of the things that I've learned. And if, if you want to call this like guidance or advice or whatever, and then you can, um, or, you know, take from it what you will. There are a few things that I would say about how to manage um, these situations, these sort of difficult situations that can be difficult with family around the holidays. Uh, the first thing, stand up for yourself and for what you believe in. Um, when I say that, I, I want to kind of note, if you want to fight, <laughs> if you want to fight all weekend long, or if you want to fight all holiday long because your, your, your relatives say like wild shit, that's your prerogative. Do that. If, if, if standing up for yourself and standing up for what you believe in means fighting all holiday long, do that. If that, if you have the energy to do that do that people have to know you know um family members can say some some wild stuff you know and if if you've gone out and you've seen a few things you've experienced a few things and those things that you've seen and experienced kind of push up against what it is that folks you know who haven't seen the things that you've seen or done the things that you've done and they're saying like you know wild stuff and you know differently and it's 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 on your spirit it's in your ministry to correct those narratives, do that. You know, uh, I bid you all of the strength and endurance and stamina that you will need uh, to do that. Uh, but somebody has to, and so I respect that. Um, stand up for who you are. Stand up for what you believe in. You, ha you have to do it. Um, at the same time, I would say, pick, you know, pick your battles pick your battles. If you have the endurance to do this all holiday long, go for it. If you don't, pick the ones that really mean something to you. You know, the ones that 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 hit you in your chest, the ones that get you in your gut and you're like, I can't let this pass. Those are the things to to kind of the hills to die on, if you will. Stand up for yourself and for what you believe in. Establish and protect your boundaries. Uh, I'm at the age where like everybody's in therapy, which is wonderful. Where hopefully we're all going to end up better people um, when this is over. And if there's nothing that I'm learning, it is establish your boundaries, protect your boundaries. If there are conversations that you are unwilling to have, don't have them. If there are relationships that are not reciprocal relationships and people want more from you than you're, you're, then they are willing to give and then you are willing to give, establish that boundary and stand firm in it. Um, these things can be difficult, but you will walk away and feel better because you established that boundary and because you stuck to it. Uh, I think um, this is also a place that I have experienced. You give over too much and then you walk away feeling like you've done something wrong or you walk away feeling like you gave up too much and that's a feeling it's for me it's a feeling I can't stand and I would rather draw my line and say you know um I'm not talking about this I'm not talking about this with you <laughs> um then to engage in those kinds of interactions and feel like bereft or feel empty or feel icky when it's over. So, you know, whatever your, your, your boundary is here, 
protect that, establish that. Relatedly, protect your peace. What I mean by that is if you got a like a wild auntie who talks a lot of shit and she makes you uncomfortable, you don't have to hang out with her. You don't have to hang out with her. Uh, you don't have to be at the place that she's at. If she's having the, the Christmas Eve party and you're like, no, nah, I'm not I'm not going to my dear's Christmas Eve joint so that I can enjoy the rest of my family the, at the thing that she doesn't come to, do that, you know? And you don't always have to explain either, you know, what your you can if you want to, and I'm not wagging my finger about that either. You can if you want to explain why you're not going to a thing or why you can't be around a certain person. You can if you want to, but you don't have to. And you don't have to be around that person. If you want to enjoy your time with people, you want to enjoy the space that you're in and there's a person in that space that makes that difficult, choose how to, you know, put up your guard or compartmentalize that person. If that means you, you're not attending that thing, if that means you're attending that thing and you keep your distance from my dear, do that. You know, um, it's, it's, it's your choice how you want to manage. And it's your peace that you're protecting. Like these things aren't petty. This is, you got one life, man. You got one life. And being stressed out at a time when it's supposed to be joyous just isn't worth it. Um, I'm thinking like coming off of this this holiday weekend, you know, life has been incredibly busy for me uh, over the last several months. And the time that you get to just kind of either do nothing or to spend really wonderful time, joyous time with people you love and people whose company you enjoy, like there is nothing better than that. And you don't get that often. Like life is full of super busy days, super busy weeks. You don't get a lot of time to just like chill out and like be with people you love and enjoy their company. And so like, don't waste it. Don't waste it on like, you know, folks who don't deserve your energy or folks who, who, you know, treat your presence like shit. Forget it. You know, you, you can do better with your time. I know I said I'm, I wasn't like giving advice, but it sounds like that's exactly where we're headed. But, you know, do with this what you will. And the last thing, the last thing I'll say uh, in terms of advice is don't give up if it's worth it. Don't give up on the love of family and the love of family members that's worth it. If you know that 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 relationship, if you know that the love is there, you know that the the respect is there. Uh, respect may be a, a, the wrong word here, because sometimes you know people can love you but they don't respect you, uh, and that might be a boundary. You know that's that might be a line that you have to cross. You might have to create some space until people can recognize that you gotta love and respect me, right? Um, but if you know that if if you know that the love is there, and the understanding is not. Sometimes it's worth it not to write those folks off. You know, this is what I mean about like, you know, drawing the boundary, protecting your peace. I'm not saying I'm not saying not to do that. It's just like don't give up on folks that, you know, love you, you know, folks that that may need time 
to grapple with the way things are and to understand you, to understand how to treat you. Like maybe you, you know, sometimes you got to create that space so people understand how to treat you and how to respect you. And some people are worth the battle that it is to get to that place, to get them to understand, to get them to, to respect you. And so, but you know, you know which relationships are worth it. And so those relationships that are worth it, you know, take the time, take the space that you need, um, but don't give up on them. You know, love is, love is at the risk of being really cliche, but like love is, it's, it's everything. Mm. Love is a lot. <laughs> love is a lot. I don't know that it's everything. It is necessary, but it is not always sufficient. Like I, like I said a second ago, you can love me and not respect me, and that's not going to work. So love is a lot. Love is important. Love is special. Um, you know, but you determine where that fits for you. But if it's, I think if it is uh, a relationship that's significant, if it is a love that's significant and that's real and that um, has roots and has its roots kind of in your soul, you know what, you love them, you know, don't give up. Maybe you need time. Maybe they need time and space, and that's fine, you know. Um, as I'm thinking about, like, love in the context of, of King Richard and the harder they fall, you know, it shows up in a lot of different ways. Um, as I mentioned before, you got the love of of Oracine and Richard for their children. Richard got some some problems for the this set of <laughs> this set of children. Uh, and then there's the love of the sisters, the love, you know, between siblings. Um, I even think about from the heart of they fall, the love between Rufus and Nat or the love Rufus has for Nat the clash of feelings that Nat has for Rufus. Maybe even the feelings that Rufus has for Papa Buck. Love shows up in some really uh, weird ways and some really complicated ways. And it's it can be a minefield sometimes navigating those things. It can be really, really beautiful. Um, you know, like some of the, the scenes in King, Rick, King Richard are, like, I was a, a, a mess, <laughs> like, a mess, uh, because there are so many just great lines that I'm thinking about, you know, having these people that you, you love so much believe so deeply in you, in your success, in your greatness. It's overwhelming. It is, it is, you know, it's got to be a deeply fulfilling feeling um, as a child of parents like that, you know? Um, and, and, and this is what I mean, I, I mean, you know, from a moment ago when I was saying, like, if it's, if it's a love that you, you believe in, don't give up. You know, my parents loved me deeply, loved me deeply. And despite the difficulties that, that we had, you know, we had to create space and we, it took a lot of time to get to the place that we are now. But that, the love that they have for me and the love I have for them, it, it is 
one of the purest things that I know in this world. One of the purest things that I know in this world. And that's the kind of love you can't give up on. It's, it's, it's special. Um, and then there's the, the complicated stuff. Nat, Rufus, Papa Buck, like those, that stuff is complicated. And, you know, people have their reasons and, and in a, uh, um, a non-fictional uh, film, not about violence and revenge, maybe you get to experience what the conversations are around some of those issues um, that underlie the plot in that, that film. Love is tough. Families are tough. Period. Despite, you know, everything that I've said so far, you know, I, 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 I think I want to kind of wrap it up in this bow. When your family dynamics are a mess, having entry points to kind of jumpstart conversations is a blessing. If you can talk about, uh, you know, that whatever the things are that, that you guys share, if it's between father and son and, and y'all's thing is, you know, Bulls basketball, and you can watch that together. That's an entry point to something. And, and, and I, I'm not saying like it's an entry point to having this like heavy conversation, like the to talking about the things that y'all haven't talked about. It's an entry point to kind of remembering the relationship to like um, acknowledging the relationship. You don't have to say a word. But if, if Bulls basketball on, I'm saying Chicago Bulls basketball on Christmas Day is, is your thing. You know, y'all watched the Bulls game on Christmas Day. And you guys have been beefed out for however long, but both of you are in front of that television on Christmas Day and you're watching the game. There's something special about that. You don't have to talk about it. You don't have to like, you know, uh, dissect all the pieces of it. But it's an entry point. Those Those memories are still present in that moment and that's still special um and maybe you can use that at some point later that's what i mean about it being an entry point you know um maybe several months down the line you can just be you know you could be like yo you remember we watched the game i really appreciated that who knows what comes from that from you know we watched the game i really appreciated that moment with you that opens up something it creates a space for something. When those kinds of entry points aren't possible. So what I wanted to say is that having those entry points, like that's a blessing. It is a blessing to be able to, to maintain that. Not having those entry points and needing to close off that door for a while and needing to create that space for a while, that's also a blessing, you know? Um, time and space are great. And sometimes you need time and space to be able to heal and to be able to to move forward. You know, you take those steps back in order to be able to go farther the next time. You decide what the, the, the right thing to do is. And you decide that based on, you know, where you are in your heart and spirit and what feels right to you. Um, and I think what I would have folks walk away with from this episode, uh, which is a little different, from, from previous ones, but it's important to me. And I, 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 this was on my heart and I wanted to like talk about it a little bit. The decision that feels right to you in your heart, in your soul, in your gut is the right decision. If that means 
keeping the lines of communication open, if that means going home and drawing some boundaries to protect your peace, if that feels right, that's right. If it means not going home and spending your Christmas with your peoples where you are, that may not be related to you by blood, but they are family nonetheless, that's right. Yeah, whatever feels right to you is the right thing to do. So what I wish for y'all this holiday season is joy, yo. I wish you joy. I wish you happiness. I wish you peace. I wish you um, a triumphant end to a hell of a year, to a hell of a couple years. Um, but yeah, like go out like a champion. Enjoy, enjoy the end of this year, you know, with people you love, with people who love you and care for you. So that's that. Before I let y'all go, <laughs> I, do, I do this to my, my classes too, but usually what, what follows the before I let you go, it's good stuff, okay? So before I let you go, let me tell you how I'm vibing right now. Um, what I'm listening to, what am I reading? Um, I have been listening to Adele's 30 um, for the last week. I am not, I would not consider myself an Adele fan. I know some of the songs because they were huge songs but I couldn't you know I can't tell you anything about her albums or any of that but what I will say about this one is it's like um it's a well-constructed album you know how how you have a a meal and each element of the meal is really well done um yeah you have an outfit and each piece of the outfit shirt pants shoes pocket square each element of the outfit is well put together well constructed and it all comes together really nicely that's what Adele's album feels like this woman she can sing right the lyrics are amazing um I don't want to so I'm gonna talk about <laughs> lyrics and and vocal quality I'm not gonna get into arrangements and stuff like that that's um outside of my my depths but um it's just it's such an enjoyable album lyrically um production wise it beautiful sounds um and her voice is amazing but i think i think what i like so much about it is that um it's just it feels like just really well constructed like feels real feels vulnerable feels like authentic feels like a someone who can sing someone who can write and they give you this work. It just, it feels good. It's not a feel good album, but it feels good to hear such, such a, a, a work that's so well done. That's what, that's what I love about it. That's what I, I deeply respect about it. So Adele's 30. Dope. I'm, I'm enjoying that a lot. Um, the songs that, that I've been feeling, um, Woman Like Me, lyrically, incredible. Ah, Easy On Me. I drink wine. My little love, adorable. Her kid is on it. Ah, oh, it's great. She cries at the end. It's great. It's great. It's great. Um, Cry Your Heart Out is a great song as well. Um, a great song for folks who need to be reminded that like, yes, shit's hard out here. Cry about it and then get moving. I love it. All Night Parking. Ah. It's an interlude, which is, it sucks because it's so good. And it's an interlude right before you get to my joint, Woman Like Me. Great album. 
period period it's a great album uh next up i've been listening to michelle indigale cello's um ventriloquism which was an album introduced to me uh, by somebody on twitter a couple of weeks ago she recorded it in 2018 and it's essentially um, a bunch of covers of really great um songs from the 80s and 90s um i'm going to point out right now that don't disturb this groove by the system like chef's kiss chef's kiss but so many um of the tracks on that album are are great another well-constructed just i mean but indigo cello is is dope anyway and her smooth delivery um of a song is, is you know she's in our own lane and so check that out too ventriloquism um 2018 album i'll link to it in the show notes so y'all in case y'all forget Um, So that's what I'm listening to. What I'm reading uh, right now, it's also what I'm listening to because they're um, audiobooks. Um, I just finished Oprah's The Path Made Forward, which was really great. You know, for for folks like me, you know, we're we're in our careers thinking about um, what's the next thing, you know? you got questions about whether or not you're doing it right. What What's ahead? Did you make the right decisions? So on and so forth. Um, it's just great discussions about those kinds of topics. And it's not all Oprah. It's really Oprah talking with other people. She highlights um, other people's responses to these kinds of questions. And, and there's just um, a nice diversity of experience and opinions that are there to provide insight. And so I, I really enjoyed it. It's a short book. Um, but really, really good. I find myself going back to it. Um, I've, I have found myself going back to it multiple times after I finished it. So, um, definitely a, a, a keeper that one is too. And, um, what else am I reading? Um, Children of Blood and Bone by, what's her name? Tomi Adeyemi. Um, this is book one, The Orishas. Um, I'm enjoying this. This is, is a book of like Afrofuturism, um, very similar to Octavia Butler's, some of Octavia, similar to Octavia Butler's work in that, um, there's a supernatural element to it. This is uh, children of blood and bone is different in that it, it is definitely, um, African based, um, Nady Okorafor would definitely call this, uh, African futurism as opposed to Afrofuturism. She makes that distinction. Um, I'll let y'all deal with that because this episode is not about that. But uh, very, very interesting so far. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, the other thing is Parable of the Sower and so uh, by Octavia Butler. Uh, I'm in like the first couple of chapters there and it is... Uh, the, the reason I, I, I started reading Parable of the Sower is because folks talked so much about it. I heard it come up so often um, near the end of the Trump presidency, like, you know, with the pandemic happening and um, how these these divisions between haves and have nots and um, are becoming so we're, we're, we're so acutely aware of them um, and they're sort of happening kind of with reckless abandon. Like I, I I don't see a whole lot of effort 
being put really towards, I mean, from from our our, our institutions, from our government systems, uh, activists are, are definitely out here you know, trying to make a difference. Um, but from our institutions and from our systems, I don't necessarily see a whole lot of effort toward dealing with this massive gulf. Um, you know, the infrastructure bill from, from a few weeks ago, it's great. Uh, but still, there, there's some significant challenges that, that are... Are, are with us and it's interesting to know that Butler wrote this decades ago um, and there are some vestiges of what's in this fictional book that we see playing out you know here in 2021 so it's been really interesting to, to see I just started it um, last week and I don't know man it's, it's it's been an interesting but but a somewhat hard read because as I said before you know it's one thing to read this thing in a book it's quite another to look out your window and see some something that that looks like what she's describing and what she's describing is awful so yeah that's that but uh, but but um interesting I'm I'm enjoying it so far it's it's tough man (laughs) It's tough, but I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. Um, but yeah, so that's it. That's how I'm vibing right now. Um, again, I, I will link to all of these things in the show notes so you can check out um, the, the albums that I mentioned and, and uh, the books that I referenced. I'll, I'll put those in there too. And I'll put a, a link to the the famed Trinidad Sour. Um, I'll put that in the show notes as well so you know that's it for now um y'all enjoy your holiday time be safe out there um protect your peace protect your boundaries don't give up if it's worth it we'll see y'all next time Cheers.